Hello, this is Dan Chagru, and welcome to the More Art Than Science podcast, where I explore the relationship between art and commerce by talking to artists, presenters, and performers about how they got their start and how they make ends meet. Welcome to episode 15, where I interview Brazilian singer, songwriter, and guitarist Baji Assad. Baji is one of the most innovative and passionate artists I have interviewed and is lauded as one of the world's most unique performance artists. She transcends the traditional styles of her native Brazil with a mixture of pop, jazz, and world ethnic sounds and music. Friends of the podcast will remember that I interviewed Clarice Assad about two years ago. Clarice is Baji's niece. Baji is the younger sister of Sergio Assag and Odair Assag. Or perhaps I should say that Sergio and Odair Assag are Baji's older brothers. On to the interview. Baji Assad, welcome to the University of Rhode Island Guitar Festival. Wow, what a beautiful universe. I'm having so much fun here. <laughs> You added to the fun in the university last night with your performance, so thank you for that as well. Yeah. That was great. Thank you. So can we go way back to the little girl, Baji Assad, and your first exposure to music and what uh, some of your first memories? And I have one first memory mm. to you. Because when I was born, my brother, Sergio Nodai, already played the guitar. So I always had like, music in the house was normal. But I have a maybe, yeah, this is my first musical memory that I stole their sheet music. And by the time I had an organ that would like two, how to say, two scales, uh. a very electric organ somebody mm -hmm. gave me for Christmas or something. So I remember going to my bed, my parents' bedroom, put the piano in front of me, put the scores and pretending to play. And I remember I would like bang my head back and do all these dramatic movements. And I have this memory of the crack of the door. The door cracked a little bit and I could see somebody was taking a look. Was like, And then I even exaggerated more. I was like four years old. I remember that. Nice. But then I... I didn't spend my childhood as a, just as a listener. I didn't want to do anything like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Yeah. And I would never put music there. Yeah. Well, it's actually funny because many people will answer that question with their first experience listening and being moved by the listening. Your first memory is actually performing and yeah. playing, which probably tells us something about the performer Baji Assad today. Um, well, yeah, I, I'll take it as a therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a positive thing. <laughs> okay, so obviously you grew, up, you grew up around a lot of music, and your brother's very famous as a duo, a guitar duo. Um, and, but you didn't necessarily conceive of a career in music until later, you're saying. Yeah. Um, at, at, at what age did you begin to think, oh... You know, mm. well, what, what age did you begin to play? And then what age did you begin to think, well, maybe I should do When I like was eight, my mom put me to study piano because I did have that little electric organ. <laughs> and her dream as a little girl was to become a pianist. Mm. But she got married to my dad when she was not even 16. 
And she got her first baby. She was not even 17. So she never accomplished any of the piano lessons that she yeah. wanted to take. She was busy, yeah. She was very busy. So, and this also, my mom now is 90, 91. So this is a long time ago. But anyway, she, she put me, and I'm pretty sure it's because she could see in her daughter a way of her uh, practicing the piano. Yeah. And she would take me to the lessons, but we could not afford a piano to buy a piano or anything. Mm. I was a fast learner. I practiced with that lady, the teacher. I had lessons for like six months. And I was, of course, out of my... Uh, my hands should go further from those two scales of electric <laughs> organ I had. Mm. I, I need a real piano to to keep going and we didn't I didn't have where to practice. Yeah. So I say my career as a pianist started when I was eight and ended when I was eight and a half. <laughs> but that was it. Yeah. Then I spent my entire childhood until I was well, a teenager, thirteen to fourteen, close to my brothers. Yeah. But by that age my parents, my older brother, George, and myself, we moved back to the countryside of Sao Paulo, where I was born. And then my dad had nobody to play his mandolin with. <laughs> that is when uh, he invited me to, to play with him. Okay. And I said, whoa, yes, I want to do that. Because my, as a girl, I, I, would have, I would be jealous of my brothers to have his attention. Mm. Because he was not even, he didn't know what to do with a girl. I was I was born ten years after Rodaiu. Mm -hmm. I was like an accident. My mom thought she was in her menopause when I came, <laughs> so it was totally like an accident. And um, my father had nothing to do with me, so I all I spent my childhood like, I wanted that, that that look in that those eyes, you know. So when he invited me to play, I said, Oh yes. Okay. Anyway, uh, and I was a very fast learner. So in one year of playing with him, and he saw that I had the potential, and he put me to learn how to read music. And uh, Sergio and Odai came to visit us, like in the end of the year. Mm. And Sergio brought the new... Wait, wait, wait. Only then they saw me playing because they didn't even know. It was half a year later. Had they already <coughs> achieved some level of success in, in well, Sao they Paulo? Were not in Sao Paulo. Uh, we were in Rio. In Rio. We moved to Rio so they could study guitar. And when I was 14, we moved back, my parents and, my, and me, mm -hmm. to, to Sao Paulo's. And uh, they stayed there in Rio? They stayed there. Okay. Their and career was started. They, okay. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I'm like, That's because okay. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm told this story so many times, <laughs> so like, <laughs> but anyway, so, but making it uh, less confused. <laughs> um, so when my dad invited me to play with him and I said, yes, I started performing less than a year. I knew all his repertoire of Chorinho and I was able to read music. And about that time, Sergio came to visit us, mm. uh, and he saw me performing. And 
he left back to Rio and I received a letter a little later. We yeah. didn't have, have a phone. So mm. it was letter correspondence. And this letter, Sergio, I, I know that there is going to have this competition and I think you could be part of it. Oh, yeah. A guitar competition. I said, but how am I going to practice? Uh, it, he said, don't worry, I'll help you out. And he did. He sent me the scores and he with all this ball of love of his, he wrote on top of every single note what I should do. That's beautiful. Like fingers yeah. picking yeah. right and left hand and dynamic. Because, of course, the, the score itself has dynamic. But he helped me more because he knew I could. So I played with his mind. Mm. And I went, I remember my parents leaving me at the bus station in our little town and Sergio picked me up in the other end and there I was with my first competition and I won the first nice. prize and then is when I said whoa that was, this is what I want to do that, okay winning the prize is a and of course the, the love and encouragement of your brother oh yeah the the attention from your father these things are all contributing to yeah, but I kind of enjoyed going back to the town and I had a first prize and yeah, everybody okay, so was like, no, <laughs> 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 like I, I got the attention. Mm -hmm. I, I was, whoa, I know how to do it. And, yeah. and I started having already some pleasure I, to go and perform. I loved it to yes. go on the stage and I was not embarrassed or uh, shy. Mm -hmm. Now, did you have to go back right after that, back home and just, uh, back to Sao Paulo? Or did you, because you won, now you're thinking, I know. I'm going to stay. And I, I remember that I, I traveled during the night. My father picked me up at 6 at the bus station. At 7.30, I was at school oh, wow. <laughs> with the prize in my <laughs> I won! <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you were f you 15. Said 15 at that time. Okay. Yeah. But you knew then that this was the... A career or you had uh, aspirations you would, you would aspirations, like to, yeah. Yeah. yeah then when finished uh high school and it's okay then is when come the big question now what college mm. what are you going to do so i said i'm going to do music so i moved back to rio to attend to college and uh, i did two years be only be i didn't finish because i started to travel Mm. as a guitar player mm. and uh, by one time I could I had to choose or I would finish college because I was like I don't know how you say in English when we say in Portuguese trancar a matricula when you go to the college and say I need this semester off oh uh, a sabbatical take a sabbatical I think yeah yeah or, yeah is that how you say mm. well y yeah we, we interrupt the study mm -hmm. But I, I already came to a point that I didn't have more what to interrupt or I, I study to the end or I don't. Mm. So I decided to, okay, I, I, what I want to do is to travel. Yeah. Well, you're studying so that you can perform to survive, to live, and you are already performing to live. So why? Yeah. What use is there in Well, the, the sometimes... Some things I, because I, I didn't study, like some uh, more theory, the mm. theoretical mm -hmm. aspects of music, 
if I want to become a teacher, a professional teacher, I would miss it. Mm-hmm. But if, like here, I I had master classes. Yep. Uh, so my approach to teach when I I do it's more towards uh, interpretation. Um, how to perceive music, how to incorporate it, how to take it to the stage, how to work with her mind, yeah. all these other sides of music, but not theory, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? But that is the road I chose. Uh, if I want to change the road now, I should go and study theory, and etc. <laughs> yeah. But do you feel you miss it? The, I mean, so you're doing the master classes, and I hear, by the way, only great things about your master class. Oh, that's good um, to hear. <laughs> but do you feel like this is something like giving back to students is something you would like to do more of? Or Not really. It, well, it wouldn't hurt to incorporate it if, yeah. if I already had it. But, uh, yeah, the approach that I always had with music it's more like in a creative side, yeah. breaking, not breaking rules just because, but my mind was always like, what's next? Mm-hmm. What's, what can I do? Yeah. And uh, I wasn't searching for what no, to be innov- innovative, but I was always one. So I was always searching for something. Yeah. <laughs> And that helped me to, to push a lot of boundaries. Yeah. I mean, from the perspective of the audience, you are a born performer, a natural performer. Um, I, I guess that is part. I yeah. guess we can... There is a natural aspect of... Some musicians are born with this stage uh, conf- to feel Pre- comfortable. Presence, sure. Presence. Yep. Like... For the same reason, some people are photogenic and some people are not. Mm. It's something you like. There is a mystery. Life is a mystery. Mm. All of this is has so much mystery. How we are here talking to each other and alive and that kind of thing. So it's such a miracle and mystery. So I don't know, but I, as I'm telling you, I was four years old. I was enjoying knowing that somebody was <laughs> watching me through the crack yep. of the door. And yep. I was like dramatically doing gestures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's part of you. It's innate. Yeah, it would seem yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, so how about the, perf- the relationship between performance and recording? Do you feel, uh, have you felt over the years that your recordings are able to capture the energy that you bring into the live performance? Or? Uh, not really. Yeah. It does capture the groove, the energy, mm-hmm. but the interaction, something happens when this I, I am or we artists are in this on stage because the interaction with the public, the audience, this we give and we feel back again has some magical th- things that happen there yeah it's a it's a um and it's interesting if the public is j- having the journey with me because some public don't go as deep mm-hmm. so if the public goes deep i go even deeper yeah and the i'd say that who makes the show the intensity of the show is the public. Yeah. 
if they give space, I go. <laughs> yeah. Now, you've had the luxury to play, an honor to play in many countries, yes? Yes. Would, would you classify the ability of an audience to go deep as different amongst the different countries? Well, has people, people before countries, different. Uh, yeah. So if I categorize like Brazil, Brazilian people are very outgoing. Sure. But I've done concerts there that didn't ring the bell. Mm -hmm. And I've done concerts like if you look Germany, which is a more like everything has to be right. And mm. I had amazing concerts there. Cool. So it depends on more the who is there yeah. than great stars. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious about the economics um, before streaming comes out. You're performing a lot. You're also recording a lot. You have a, a large oeuvre of material. Yeah, um, too much. Too much? <laughs> <laughs> Would you take some back? <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's like we lose track. Okay, yeah. Because well, artists, we, we say, sorry, ahead. sorry. No, because it has um, uh, so many, nowadays, with the streaming and uh, radio, internet radio, and you have to be affiliated to some, uh, I am like affiliated in Brazil, I have uh, Abramos, he in America have ASCAP, mm. but it's not enough. ASCAP takes care of a portion of it. So I have Sound Exchange that takes care of Pandora, etc. Yeah. And then that is not enough. We are always sure that somewhere out there has some money that belongs to us. <laughs> but we, we as artists, it's to be an entrepreneur, you have to have time. So for more that I organize my time, is not enough time to take care of business as well. Mm -hmm. So not everybody has a, a, a person that will take care of this stuff. So like my brothers, they have this unbelievable composition, Sergio. He has no clue. He has probably tons of money out there sitting, waiting for somebody to claim for it. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't. You have to put yourself in sound exchange because... What? Mm -hmm. And he's asking his wife, can you help? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it is complicated. Yeah. Because okay. you have yeah. mechanical rights, you have royalties as a, an, an, an artist and as a composer. All of this, you have percentages, nickels here, nickels there. And it, it, wow. So, so it's too much from the perspective of uh, keeping track of it in a business sense, but not too much in an, art in an artistic sense, I assume, is what you meant earlier. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. And so, in, in, is, so you mentioned Sergio has trouble keeping track, but do you have uh, a team that helps you or a man, at least a manager who's helping you to do that the track? Well, uh, I never had a manager. Wow. have different producers. Mm -hmm. That is also another thing. Uh, managers help to to shape your career to somebody you what's next step so you can discuss and let's do this. So what do we have to do to accomplish this? Managers don't sell concerts. Mm -hmm. So then you have to have the manager if you need, 
one to help to shape your career and to knock some doors that for a lot of artists is hard to knock doors because we don't know we we are naive in a certain way mm. we have to talk about some things that it's not in our own our mind doesn't take mm-hmm. uh, i'm saying our in a general artist of course some artists are very good yeah. entrepreneurs and etc and i do a little bit taking care of what has to be done but like then you go to the producers you have one in america one in brazil i have three in europe a fourth one is coming and, and i don't have a person to coordinate that all together and i do myself mm. so, so when i was younger um I didn't want a manager because what I was proposing to do, only I could kind of get. And I had opportunities to do like amazing financial deals, which I back up, back up, back off. You backed off of doing the deals? Back off of doing the deals because I was afraid to to lose my identity, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, well, so you've maintained. I mean, you strike me as a and very a fiercely independent person and artist. So yeah. I would, it makes sense, I guess, to a certain extent that you would resist being corralled in any way, shape, or form by a manager. Um, so, but that is when I'm. I'm saying when I was younger, because now I'm 54. So now I we know a little better of who we are and what yeah. we want to accomplish or what we did accomplish, what we did not accomplish. And uh, we are, and um, the visions shape to another realm. We, we don't, I don't vision like something that I visioned when I was 20. What was important for me when I was 20 for sure is not yeah. <laughs> what is important for me now. So now to have a manager, I would appreciate to have one now because, you know. <laughs> Are it, we just discovering this now? Uh, no, <laughs> I, I've been thinking lately. Okay. Actually, I'm it, about to have some meetings in Brazil. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Because now I can, I know I'm not going to lose myself. I'm okay. not going to lose my persona. Yes. And I can easily do something that I didn't think about before because I know I'm not getting lost. Yeah, I, okay. I can do projects, I can do whatever, yeah. you know. You are who you are, and the manager is not going to change that. Yes. yes. <laughs> and maybe the manager can help you discover some of this unfound money or un, or the money that's being left on the table. Which, yes, uh, recently I was talking to a person that I, I was about to hire, and he didn't take the... He said, you need more time than I have to offer hmm. because it is time-consuming to to figure out if... So he ev- said you had too much stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said too much <laughs> because, yes, every CD, every single CD is with different companies and... Uh, yeah. So... Okay. So you're going to get a manager. So that's cool. <laughs> that, that's very cool. Uh, back in the day, uh, I'm, when, and when I say back in the day, I mean um, pre-streaming, 
when you're you're making CDs and you're performing, and and I'm guessing that performing was where your heart was more so than recording. Is that fair? You liked to perform more than you liked to record, or no? Well, <laughs> the act itself, like if I prefer to go on the stage to perform or in the studio to perform, I would say stage. Yeah. Because the live interaction, it is what it is. You know, you know, you are not, uh, we are not robots. We can, we can be driven from the emotions of the moment. You can uh, make mistakes. You can, because it's, you are human there. Mm -hmm. When you go to a studio, you have a disability of editing and putting the best of you there. Mm -hmm. So you record three times and then, oh, that passage, I didn't know I can do better than that. So you go to reach the best of you, mm. which is usually not just one track full from the beginning to the end. Sure. And I'm totally in favor of it. I still play those notes. They're mine. <laughs> doesn't matter if out of 10, I play just one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I will use that one. Okay. But I did. Yeah. So, but this comes a little bit like in a, in a live performance, you cannot do it. You have to embrace your, your, flawless, your flaws yeah. as a human being. Yeah. So when you start interact with technology, especially because we know we can do this amount of stuff, yeah. Which is, but this is going to be forever in a piece, in a material okay. world. So I want to go to the studio, I want to do the best. Okay. And the studio allows you to do that because allows you, yeah, okay. And also you can do, you can, I usually, I don't play with a lot of musicians on stage because yeah. I think on stage, uh, what make Baji more unique is the ability to go and do by herself. Mm -hmm. But on the studio, I can have all of these people with me. <laughs> so my albums, has a, I have a tendency to have many musicians in albums, but I still toured that same album yeah. alone. Yeah. Okay, so you're not going to choose a favorite. You, you, there's things about recording you love. There's things about performing you love. You're not going to choose a favorite child. You love both children yeah, equally. Yeah, okay. I do. I okay. do. Um, Having said that, uh, again, pre-streaming, the, 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 the money that you were able to make, the, the living that you were able to make, is it coming mostly from performances or mm. mostly from CDs? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and we can edit because we're in a studio. <laughs> so. Jesus, from performance, I make no, no money from CDs. E even before streaming? Well, bef before streaming, I never made so much money out of the CDs because I was never like a huge seller. Mm. To make money out of, out of royalties, you have to go to the hundreds and, and hundreds, thousands. Yeah, okay. Not hundreds, just hundred thousands, okay. right? Okay. And... Uh, we made money out of the contracts, the agreements, like like upfront. You mean upfront? Okay. That is, yeah. I made some cash in there. Okay. But uh, after that, when you break even, 
and uh, selling CDs. Before the streaming, we would sell more CDs on the road. Yeah. Which was a good deal. I all uh, don't have a memory of my luggage without CDs <laughs> for sale. <laughs> Every concert I bring them. Mm -hmm. Because it's also a way to interact straight with the public. It's yeah. Well, you can stand at the table and actually, or sign them, and yeah. there's an interaction. And, there. and you make an extra cash, yeah. which is always helpful, especially because we on the on tour we have days off. Concerts don't pay those days off, so usually it always came from selling merch. Uh huh. In other words, you eat on the day off from the merch you sold. The day yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the mind is like when you're on a road, you don't wanna. Uh, well, that also changed. That also changed. I mean, in my in my mindset, because nowadays, like now, I'm going to Portugal after this. I'm going to spend two weeks just because I can. Good for you. <laughs> Before this was not like. Yeah. I I am going to lose to lose money. You know. I say no. I'm leaving. Yeah. So. You've built up enough of a foundation that you can take. The time that you want to enjoy, the yeah, tour. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> now, so, um, so you're not relying on CDs uh, pre-streaming. So I imagine when streaming comes along, obviously some of that revenue dries dries up, but you're still performing. Before COVID, of course, performing a lot internationally and able to make a uh, very decent living. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. And then COVID, so then COVID hits, and how does that affect you for 18 months? I mean, financially, emotionally, artistically. Well, it, wow, it's so much that happened. Yeah. So, first to adjust, financially, I had to do some, I had used to have a, a high monthly expenses so uh, the lockdown in brazil came in the beginning of march mm -hmm. same about same here yeah about the beginning of march yeah it was a it was a little after here it, it was after here oh, okay. a little bit less so, so it, was Boston, it was like the 20th but anyway yeah uh, yeah around there but when in march i start like cancel oh april is canceled oh okay june is canceled Okay, July is canceled. Shoot. Mm. When September was canceled, in March, I said, oh, Lord, I cannot afford. But your this. expenses must have gone down, too, because what can you do? Yeah? I, or, well, well the, the expenses, I say, it's like I was in a rental house uh. that I had. Uh, a gardener uh, uh, in Brazil, we have person that comes every day mm. to, to it's a luxury we have there you americans don't have it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm sorry to say yeah, yeah. i've heard <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah but like a, this lady a wonderful lady i would travel she would stay with my daughter so it's cool and then piano lessons and then this and then that when you add and this didn't drop mm. this would have remained the same the piano teacher would still come in person or that went to Skype or it would go the ability to go to 
well, maybe the piano, we, we stopped it, but the piano was not that expensive <laughs> in the bill. Yeah. But I mean, the grass don't stop growing. And <laughs> Do you need we, a gardener? Yeah. <laughs> and um, the school was an expensive school my daughter was attending to. Uh, private school. Yeah. yeah. And all the above. And so I was planning last year was going to be my busiest year ever. Mm, of course, <laughs> I, nice. I had like... Yeah something that never happened to me before. I was going to have 60 concerts in Brazil. I never played 60 concerts in one year in Brazil. 60, wow. It always never happened Mm. and was happening last year. So that was out of the question. But anyway, so I had planned, because I was going to be traveling so freaking much, my daughter was going to move to Chicago to live with her dad. And I was going to be a lot far from her. Yeah. So I, in my mind, I say, okay, I'd rather that she lives with her dad in Chicago than she living with uh, the nanny in our home. So I was planning to move to give away this house where I was living, and uh, and she was moving in June. And I was going to just keep the basics and attach my mom's. Mm-hmm. And use my my mother's house to as a port, mm-hmm. and go around the world. Sixty gigs in Brazil, yeah. Or no, I had well, sixty gigs. I had four international tours. I would like be in my home less than a month the whole year. One year, sixty gigs in Brazil plus four international tours, all yes. in one year. Yes, okay. it was it was crazy. So it was perfect. The 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 previous plan that my daughter was going to move in June. Lockdown came, and I was lucky enough that I was prepared for it. I'm telling you, when is lockdown? Is in one week? In one week, I was out of the house. I managed to do everything I had to do, and I moved with her to my mom's. Oh, good for you. Wow. In the countryside of Sao Paulo, my mom was 89 years old back then. Now she's 91. So she so must have been somewhat happy. Heaven. Yeah. <laughs> we we I'm I'm still with her and I don't want to leave. <laughs> yeah, good for you and her. Yeah. Oh my daughter. lord, we are having we are so much in love. My mom and I. It's <laughs> such a blessing. So COVID brought that to me because I thought that I was just going to spend a day in her house and go travel and now I am almost 2 years living. Yeah. Constantly with her, and I'm loving this. That's My father yeah. uh, died almost ten years, and our oldest brother George he passed six years ago. Sorry. So she was alone. Mm. It was a blessing. So my daughter came. She moved, but anyway, it. So there I am in San Juan, this small town. I had in my head all these international tours, all these concerts, and now I have a bedroom. (laughs) How to adjust. That adjustment needed a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. My body didn't know how to be still. (laughs) So I, I practiced a lot of meditation, I walked a lot in nature because mm. it was locked down, but in, in this small town, we could 
you could walk in, in, in nature. Yeah. So we were conscious, like friends, we would not, everybody, did, we would go in our cars. Mm. We didn't know, so I had my mom. I don't, I don't want to mm -hmm. bring any COVID to my 90 years old mother. Mm. So we were very conscious, but we walked and waterfalls. I was so much in touch with nature. That helped my mind to settle down and I'm here. And I, I managed to, to work I quite I worked a lot online and uh, playing concerts and giving lessons, so I managed to. Uh, the expenses really dropped down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the expenses dropped down. So you didn't ha have to work, but you had the work. You're giving the online concerts, um, which I can't imagine were as um, fulfilling as live. It was very it was very interesting. Mm. Because one thing I learned from this is when we do a concert over the computer, the cell phone, whatever, you look into yourself mm. because you're looking the computer screen and that's you. Yeah. Well. And that is a lesson itself. Yeah. Like, so I started become very aware how is my presence and I start to sing to me <laughs> when I do a live concert I sing to to my own image so how is that to talk to the world through your to the vision of yourself yeah that's has a lot of thought in that <laughs> you know it's a it's a very interesting um, so I start enjoying good I start enjoying to interact with myself yeah <laughs> And it became very theatrical. So my skills as a singer, wow, went up. Good, okay. I made a lot of projects involving collaborations in, with friends all over the world with the remote video recordings. Mm -hmm. This is unbelievable. I'm not going to stop doing this. Yeah. This possibility, because it was all there. We could have done this before, but nobody really thought about it yeah. right but the the collaborations i'm curious like even even with Matt, matthew rodi yesterday who, with whom you performed and he he did wonderfully and you did wonderfully and it was beautiful to see you together i was trying to imagine how did you prepare ahead of time were were you able to play live with him or was he sending you a recording nothing him a recording no, neither not at all no <laughs> we <laughs> so, met uh well i uh you just sent him the score, and he just learned it, and then you came together and... Yeah, the scores, Juan, Juan Luis made arrangements. Two of the arrangements, I sang with Luis remotely for one of my projects. So I kind of knew the arrangement. The other when, one, I never heard with, it before. You mean with him playing and you singing, or do you yeah. mean... Yeah, well, he sent me the plane, and I sang... Uh, he, he sent you the plane, and then so you had it locally. What I'm here, what I'm trying to get at is uh, the lag time on the internet. So, like, you, is it? Were you able to play at the same time? No, no, no. no. Okay, yeah. That technology is not there. I'm yet, yeah. sure we are going to hit that point. Soon I hope so. Yeah, but because no, yeah, but I haven't been aware uh, of someone who uh, can do it. The pandemic caught us with not without that te that technology. Yeah, and but. That hurts. Uh, yeah, but yeah, but it put the idea, the seed there that we have. Now everybody wants to do it mm -hmm. because uh, it's so much fun. Yeah. But all the collaborations I did, 
I've received the material, then I, I taped yeah. myself and edit. Okay. Of course, I also learned how to edit. A lot of us are, we, yeah. we had to deal with, we didn't know. Just learning, yeah. Learning new skills, and it's fun. Yeah. So it's fun, sometimes frustrating, but yeah. <laughs> Has always the undo and the redo yeah. <laughs> button. But yeah, exactly. We need that. Control Z. Yeah. Um, uh, so coming back to so so the the pre COVID you you had the sixty dates and the four international tours. It sounds like your career is like ascending. I mean, becoming you it, have more and more opportunity. Is it coming out yeah. of COVID? Do you feel like you are able to pick that back up? Will you have well, as much opportunity? That is an interesting question because at the same time. <laughs> It's so good not having to travel. <laughs> <laughs> you got a taste for it. Okay. I yeah. had a taste for it, which I don't remember the last time I spent one month, entire month at the house. Yeah. I always have, because it's work, so I always have not more than 30 days at home, ever, mm. in the past 20, 30 years. Wow. And now it's like... And Many months. Yeah, and you discovered that you liked it. I do. Yeah. Routine. Routine? I don't have a... I don't know what a routine is. Yeah. <laughs> now I know. I like it. I am taking siesta after lunch. Oh, my Lord. I so became addicted to it. <laughs> that's great. That's beautiful. So you'll need the manager to get all the money yes. that was left on the table so you can stay at home and stop performing. <laughs> But we will suffer as an audience. Because yeah, but I still love it. I okay. still have juice in it to keep um, okay. to keep touring. But maybe not as not to take everything. You know. Yeah. We can be. You more. can say no. You can say no to some of the yeah. offers. Okay. Because we spend so many, so long. Like we have to say yes because we don't know when is the next offer. Mm -hmm. As independent artists, we well, self-employed, we. Like, what are you going to do next year? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Things always happen. Mm -hmm. And it has been like that my entire life. I don't know. Yeah. If you ask now, how is your next year? I don't know. <laughs> I know I have I have something to do in L.A. in the end of March. I have something to do in Chicago in the end of June. That's it. Mm -hmm. I have a record to release in March in Brazil. But and things will always happen. Yeah. So you're saying you have a little bit more confidence that sh something will come and you don't feel quite as on edge about having to say yes to whatever offer. Exactly. Comes. Okay. That's wonderful. Yeah. I'd love to, you have such, as, as we mentioned, you have such a large um, oeuvre of music. What would you like people to go out on in this interview? How would you like them to remember uh, this discussion? Um, in other words, which song of yours shall I play at the end of the podcast? Oh, oh Lord, that's another tough question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess something from my latest album. Yeah. Around the world. Uh, What's your favorite on that album? I don't have a favorite too. Mm. Could put waves. Waves, okay. <laughs> Pretty abstract. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I played last night here. Yeah. The, the wind and the thing. Yeah, I don't know. You can Let, choose. No, waves. I don't, no, no, no. I like it. <laughs> I like it, waves. So that's beautiful. So I, I appreciate your time. It's been great. Um, yeah, I speak you. too much. No, <laughs> not at all. You're the interviewee, <laughs> so you are expected to speak. So thank you very much. It's thank been a pleasure. You. Yay, yeah, thank you. Okay, so waves coming up. I'm embarrassed to admit it took me a minute to locate Baji's song, Waves, because I didn't realize she was using the English word waves for my benefit to refer to her song, Undas, which is Portuguese for waves. I also want to note that when I played Undas back to make sure the levels were right, my cat Saffron, who has never before expressed the least amount of interest in any music or podcast I have ever played or made, immediately went from sleepily purring on my lap to alert hunter mode when Baji sang some of the bird songs from what I assume must be her native Brazil, though a friend of the podcast, Scott Borg, tells me he actually recognized as bird songs from his native Australia. At any rate, the sounds are amazing, and I can assure you that it is actually Baji making them with her vocal cords. These are not mixed in, because I heard her perform the song the night before, and there were no birds in the venue, just Baji and her guitar. All of the sounds, including wind and water, that you are about to hear are made by Baji. And no birds were hurt in the making of this podcast. Thank God.
Dig it, you'll never get in the day. 